How many of you prayed some bold prayers this week? Anybody? All right, well, I'm glad I had such a powerful effect last week. <clears throat> you're just not raising your hands because you're embarrassed, and I get that. Um, if you didn't, I'm just going to tell you you were missing out. Um, I, I, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago when we were kind of talking in staff meeting about what we were going to do and uh, if Brian was going to come back and preach today or what I was going to do for the next couple of weeks, and I looked at him two weeks ago, I said, I have no idea um, what I'm going to do. And uh, I had lots of thoughts kind of floating around in my mind, but it seemed to me that as we're going to kind of talk about the things that we're going to go into the next four weeks about just what's happening in our world and, and the fact that it's not scary, um, that there is hope, that God is in control, that prayer seemed like a really good way to kind of head that direction. And, uh, and, and so... As, we, uh, as we've looked at this last week, we, did, we talked about bold, praying bold prayers that God would make us bold in our lives, that we would be people that would listen and act um, and maybe put the cart before the horse. But interestingly enough, I think that's on purpose because acting was last week and we're going to talk today just about listening um, to the voice of God and listening according to, uh, to um, Webster is just... Um, it's just the act of listening and giving attention to a sound. That's what listening is, a, a sound. You hear it. Um, you, sometimes you get startled, like when my mic popped, right? And you hear that and you react to it because it's a natural reaction. Um, but there's more to listening than that. And you've probably all been through seminars about what it means to listen and how we can be better listeners and, and all of that. And I'm one of those people who is ADD enough that I interrupt and have a struggle listening. I don't know if anybody else is like that, but you're in the middle of a sentence and I go, oh yeah, and then, and you're like, would you shut up so I can finish my, you know, finish my thought. I, I'm sure that some of you struggle with that as well or have somebody in your life that's annoying like me that does that. But there's this active listening thing that is, is taught and it really applies to our prayer life as well. Sarah Moore put it this way, when someone uh, speaks to you, listen to respond. So just Stop there for a second. When someone speaks to you, listen to respond. The only way we can listen to respond is if we're not just hearing, but we're actually listening to what's being said, right? And so we're going to listen to respond. At our core, most of us deeply desire to be seen and heard. Would you agree with that? Most of us really want to be seen and heard. Nobody wants to live an invisible life, right? Nobody wants to be somebody that nobody recognizes or is just someone that, that isn't, isn't present, but we all have an innate desire to be seen and heard, for our own experiences, and we're not looking to be fixed. I don't know how many of you have applied this in your marriages, but here's a free tip this morning. When your wife needs to vent, you men need to ask this, write this down. You men need to ask this question. This is free. I won't charge you for it. If you come to my office for marital counseling, I will, but I'm not going to charge you for this. Listen, honey, start with honey, honey, sweetheart, whatever you call her that's not degrading, okay, because you all have those terms you use, right, men, that, okay, sweetheart. No, this is, this is sincere. Honey, do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix it? This will save your marriage and thousands and thousands of dollars in counseling if you will just use this. In fact, we can just walk out this morning. If you don't remember anything else, remember this, all right? 
Honey, do you want me to fix it or do you want me to listen? And that will clue you in as to what's happening. And it works in the reverse too, by the way, ladies, because men don't have a lot of words. And so when they need to say something, they probably need to say it and you probably need to listen and then not try to fix it because that just, every guy I know that just ticks us off, right guys? We're like, I don't want you to fix it. I got it because I'm in control because I'm a man. Oh, hear me roar. Amen. That's right. <laughs> Glad I'm not married. Anyway, so <laughs> how many, let me ask you this question. How many of you would love to build your faith and strengthen your prayer life? Anybody in here this morning would love to just build your prayer life, to be able to pray with more boldness, to be able to pray with more authority, to be able to strengthen your walk and your faith in Jesus through your prayer life? It is absolutely, completely fundamental to walking with Jesus. And as we kind of bump into that this morning, I think that many of us probably pray safely. I don't know what you grew up with or how you prayed in your home, um, or you, you know, if you were a safe prayer house that was, you know, we pray at dinner, we'll pray at bedtime. And when we pray at bedtime, we pray the same thing every night. We, we talked about this a little bit last week, right? We have the, the same prayer that our kids pray every week and every night, and they say the same thing, and we can quote it with them because we all get in this prayer rut, right, of I just kind of say the same stuff over and over again. Um, have you ever been, and this is even a better question, have you ever been coached or taught how to pray? Have you ever been discipled through prayer? Probably churches, if we were honest as a staff, if we were probably honest as pastors and disciplers, we'd probably say, nah, we probably don't do the best job of teaching people to pray, right? We, we get you saved, we get you to come to the altar, we get you to make a decision, and it's like, hey, good luck with that, may the force be with you, right? We aren't always great about teaching you to pray. We're great about saying, pick up your Bible and read it, but we don't always spend a great amount of time talking about what it is to pray and how it works. And uh, it's such a, uh, such a baseline for what, what we need to learn. Um, and maybe even how, how you've learned as a teenager or an adult to pray. Um, I, I know that for many of us, praying out loud is a scary thing. You know, I know that most of you don't want to get up here and talk, but most of you also, if I called you out, would not want to get up here and pray either. Like, that's really an intimidating thing. And it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be something when we talk to our Heavenly Father that we're intimidated to do it in front of other people. I think we, we have this fear of judgment, right? We're afraid somebody's going to say, well, that wasn't a very good prayer, or you could have prayed better, right? Um, and I don't know of anybody who would actually do that. Well, I might do that just to harass you, but nobody's really going to do that to you, right? But I think we have that fear, like, is my prayer going to be good enough? And the truth is, the best prayer we can pray is a prayer that's just from our heart, the prayer that just comes from, from the innermost part of our being that just cries out to God. That's really where those prayers need to come from, right? We've all heard the typical prayers, God is great, God is good, let's thank him for this food, amen, right? Um, Maverick prays, God is good, um, or God is awesome, God is great, amen, or something. Like, it's just really like there's nothing to it. Um, Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Anybody use that one? That's my favorite. I really like that one because I like good, some good meat, some good buffalo meat, Brian. Eight, dear little eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus, right? You've heard, you've heard that one. Um, these are not prayers that, that we need to be praying. We can do better, and we should do better. Um, and so, you know, when we, when we look at this and, and unpack this, um, yeah, we want to be bold in our prayers, but we also want our prayers to be effective, and we also need to learn to listen. Uh, when God prays. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3 today. We're going to jump back to the Old Testament, see if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, go to the middle of the Bible and, and go backwards just a little bit to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Samuel is an 11, 12-year-old boy 
um, who is brought to the temple. There's a backstory to all this, and we're not going to go into all that, but he's an 11 or 12-year-old boy that's brought to the temple to serve in the temple with the priest um, there, Eli. And uh, Eli is a man who had honored God, who was, a, who was a, a great priest in his time, but had found himself caught in some sin and um, had fallen down a little bit in his walk with Jesus. And Samuel was there serving with him. His family was out of control. There was sin in the camp. There was a lot of things going on. He, he hadn't really led well in, in this time period. And, and so enter Samuel, this little 11 or 12-year-old boy. Now, I want you to think of an 11 and 12-year-old boy in your mind just for a minute. You're thinking, right, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, somewhere in there is, is where this kid's going to fall. And so as we think about what God places on Samuel, I need you to think of not only the position he's in as a servant to the priest, but also the fact that he's a kid. Um, and I don't think very many of us think of a kid as being somebody who's bold or maybe even somebody who God would speak to. Um, how, is God really going to use that kid to make a difference um, in the life of someone? And the, the answer to that is yes. And so the Lord speaks to Samuel in his sleep. And, and this is kind of a funny story. Um, I love finding humor in, in the Bible because I just everything's funny. And so sometimes the Bible is too. So as we look at this, and I want you to remember last week we talked about being surprised when God moves. Like we're surprised when God performs a miracle and, and we shouldn't be. Like we should be expecting it instead of being surprised by it. And so think through that as we walk through this. First Samuel 3 verse 4 says this, then the Lord called Samuel and Samuel answered, here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you, go back to bed and lay down. And so he went and laid down. So here we're jumping immediately in. Samuel is not recognizing the voice of God. Samuel thinks that it's Eli calling to him from his chambers. And so when he goes in and wakes up Eli, who's probably more than a little irritated that he's getting woken up by this 11 or 12-year-old kid, he says, no, it wasn't me. Go, go back to bed, dude. I'm sleeping. All right, let me get back to my snoring. So we jump into verse 6. He says, again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Verse 7, now Samuel did not, did not yet know the Lord. The Lord of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And so a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling to the boy. And so Eli tells him, Go lie down, and if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, which you would think would be a duh. But we read that Samuel hadn't heard the voice of the Lord yet, so he didn't recognize it. He didn't know the voice of the Lord because he hadn't heard it yet. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came to him and stood there, calling at him the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said to him, speak, for your servant is listening. And that's what I want you to write down. That's the Brianism for today. If you don't remember anything else, remember this. Write it down. Speak to me, for your servant is listening. This is the foundation of for everything that we're going to unpack together. Verse 311 says this, And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that would make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I'll carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned by the sacrifice or offering. So God comes to this 11, 12-year-old servant of Eli and says, I want you to go confront your master. 
I want you as a young boy to go stand before the priest and tell him he messed up. That's intimidating. I don't know how many of you have confronted a boss or have gone to someone in authority and challenged them, but it's not a comfortable conversation and certainly not a comfortable conversation for a kid that's 11 or 12 years old. I'm reminded that Jesus said to come as little children. Because the only way Samuel was going to go have this conversation with Eli was the faith that God had truly spoken to him, that he really had heard and understood the voice of God, that he was in tune with what was happening in his midst, and that this was what he was supposed to do. And so Samuel answered and prayed that powerful prayer, here I am, God, I'm listening. Your servant is ready to hear what you have to say. God spoke to Samuel in that moment, and it wasn't easy or pleasant. Now, how many times in the Bible do you suppose that God made a command or something that he spoke to someone easy to fulfill? If you go back and think through the Old Testament and even New Testament stories, there's not one time where God says, hey, go do this where it was easy. He spoke to Noah, and he said, build an ark. And, our, and Noah's response was, what's an ark? Like, they didn't have boats. Nobody knew what this was. What's an ark? You want me to go build a boat? I don't even know what a boat is. What's rain? What's going on? What are we going to do here? It wasn't an easy thing. And I don't know if you've seen Evan Almighty. We're going to watch a clip from it in a few minutes. But Evan Almighty is just such a great movie. But Evan's building this ark in the middle of, like, the city. And everybody thinks he's nuts. And I'm sure that same thing was happening. Like, you know, Noah's neighbors are looking and go, why are you building a boat? It wasn't an easy thing for him to do. It took a long time. It was tedious. And if he didn't do it right, the boat wasn't going to float. So there was a little bit at stake, right? A little bit that had to happen there. Noah's ark was a huge boat and he rounded up all the animals. And, he, and then he said, and by the way, Noah, you're going to repopulate the earth. There was nothing easy about God's call on Noah. There was nothing easy about God's call on Jonah to go preach in a place where nobody wanted to go preach. In fact, he so bad didn't want to go preach that he ran the other direction and got eaten by a whale. Like, that's intense. I mean, that's just not easy. I don't know how many of you have been swallowed by a whale, but last time I was, it was not a pleasant experience, and it took a couple showers to wash all that off. I'm just saying, you get too close. In the New Testament, Jesus appears to Mary, and he says, Mary, I know you're a virgin, like, I get it, you've never been with a man, but guess what? You're pregnant. You're not just pregnant, by the way, but you're pregnant with the Savior of the world, and you're going to raise him. Now, I've raised some kids, and there's nothing easy about raising kids. I don't know what Jesus was like as a boy, but can you imagine raising the know-it-all Savior of the world child and going, well, I guess you know better, son. How does that work? Like, that's counterintuitive, right? I mean, can you imagine? I can't imagine looking at Maverick and go, oh, yes, son, you're right. You know better. Holy cow. Like, that's, a, that's just a paradigm shift, right? So it's totally out of her comfort zone. Not only the fact that there's shame with that that comes along with being pregnant out of wedlock in that time, like shunned. And so God never made anything easy. When you think about his call on David when he was a child, and David you know, was out shepherding, and, and he was called to be the king of Israel, nothing was easy from the journey that David took from being called to be the king of, the king of Israel and the line that would bring about the Savior of the world and Jesus that would eventually be uncomfortable for Mary. Apparently, it was a generational curse. And so here's David, and, and he runs for his life for years from Saul, right? There was nothing easy about following what God told him to do. And so I love Craig Rochelle's book, Dangerous Prayers, and that's kind of where I've, I've gotten some of this from because it's such a powerful book that it's a dangerous thing to pray some of these prayers. God, here I am. 
I'm listening, now make me bold and send me. Because that could very well be what you're walking into. So it's not an easy prayer. But God never said following him was going to be easy. Now, American Christianity says it is. But the reality is that it's not. Every time God spoke with an assignment, it challenged the faith of the person he called. He, was, he, he had the courage to, spray, to pray, speak to me, Lord, to convict, to, to challenge him, um, and, and to do the impossible. And so Samuel is, is just going about his business. And, uh, and God you know, says, hey, I want you to go do this. It wasn't like he said, hey, hey, uh, hey Samuel, there's you know that, that little cute little blonde there in the youth group? Hey, she's yours, buddy. You, you can go make a great life. That's not at all what happened. Not at all what happened. It was a challenge. Eli was sinning. He wasn't right. God was going to judge his household, and it was up to Samuel to go speak this to him by saying, speak, your servant is listening. Now, things about prayer. I'm gonna, I want to go back just for a minute and just, just talk about prayer and just talk about what it is to pray and, and kind of the, the foundational roots of prayer. It's, it's, at its most basic is communicating with God, duh, right? Well, okay, tell me something I didn't know. But sometimes it's great to go back and remind ourselves of the fundamental and the foundations of our faith. Last week in our small group on Sunday afternoon, we were going through the Gospel of John, and it was this really basic, like you almost felt stupid asking the questions because everybody knows this. Everybody knows that Jesus came to save the world. Everybody knows John 3.16. Can we just skip this chapter and get on? No, because sometimes we've got to go back and remind ourselves that we're saved because of Jesus, that you know, he came and died. He called us to go and, and share and, and be baptized and make disciples, right? And, and to go and preach. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of the foundation. So communicating with God, but it's also a two-way communication. We talk, but we also listen. And for most of us, I think we get raised to believe that we're just supposed to talk. We're, we're just supposed to come and pray, and we're supposed to pray for Sally and Bill and Henry and Fred because they've got all this stuff going on, and God, you know, make me rich, and bless my 401k, and do all the things that you do, God, so that I can, you know, be comfortable in my little life here with you. And that's not at all what God calls us to in prayer. In fact, sometimes the most powerful moments of prayer are when we're just... It's really uncomfortable really fast to just be still and listen. Because the only way we can hear the voice of God is if we silence all of the other voices that are screaming at us. It's hard to hear over screaming children in a roller rink when a small voice is speaking to us. It's hard to hear at a Chiefs game when they score a touchdown if somebody's whispering in your ear. We have to drown out all of the noise around us to hear the voice of God. God does more when we listen than when we talk. And I think sometimes if we were honest, I think God would just say, would you just shut up and listen to me? Have you ever said that to your kids? No, none of you, because you'd never tell your children to shut up. Whatever. You can come repent for lying shut up and listen. Like I have to get my hat. I'm getting a headache. Shut up and listen. Just Would you just hear my voice? I think it's amazing the clarity that comes in our, in our walk with God when we start having children. 
when we realize that God wants to do and bless us with some really cool things and wants to talk to us, but we have to listen, and we recognize how frustrating it is when children don't listen, and then we begin to go, God, wow, that's me. I'm not listening. It's, it, it, it's just a total life-altering change when you start to have children. So now, how do I hear this voice of God? Well, I'm gonna, let me just, three things, and each of these have 14 subpoints in honor of Brian. So <laughs> three points with seven under each one. All right, you ready? Here we go. I'm actually doing points. I don't ever do points, so this is really fun for me. I, I'm trying to be like my mentor. Against all other culture, fight to be still. Against everything screaming around you, fight to be still. This is the first key in hearing the voice of God, and that's fight to be still. And it is a fight to be still. During our worship, when we step back and we take two minutes, and even as the piano's playing, it's, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's weird to be quiet. We're not quiet. Our cell phones are screaming at us all day long. We're getting text messages. We're getting phone calls. We're getting Fox News alerts. We're getting CNN alerts. We've got bank alerts. We've got lunch alerts. We've got poop alerts. I mean, we got it all coming at us all day long, right? I mean, everything all day long. Gus gets it. It's loud. Our world is loud. It just is. It is so hard to be quiet. It's so hard to go in our room and just lock the door and just sit down and go, how many of you, if you're honest, the first thing you do when you get up in the morning is pick up your phone? I mean, if we're honest, I think that's probably 90% of us. First thing we do is get to pick up our phone because our alarm is going off on our phone. And then we see our alerts and then we start seeing emails and then we start thinking about work and then all of a sudden we're engaged with our life but we haven't yet engaged with our God. And life gets really messed up if we don't do the God thing first. I was always one of those people that really bucked this whole get up in the morning and do your devotion thing because it just is a way to, you know, let's be legalistic and tell you how you have to follow God. And if that doesn't work for you too bad, you need to do it anyway. But there really is something to waking up in the morning and just stopping for a second before it all kicks in. And maybe just saying, God, speak to me. Your servant is listening. Jesus came to be a servant. He calls us also to be a servant. And the only way we can fulfill those bold prayers is if we're listening to that still small voice of God. And the only way that happens is if we're quiet. Psalm 46, you're all going to know this, but says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. What do you have to do before you know that he's God? Be still. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And that happens through us. When everything's screaming at us, God doesn't say, hey, go get busy and find me. Why don't you run to work and go find me? He says, no, be still and listen for my voice. How many of you binge watch shows? Anybody binge watchers in here? Come on. Y'all are killing me. You're a bunch of liars. I know you all do it. How many Virgin River fans? How many Ozark fans? Now you're going to have to come up here and pray because that's a dark show. I watched that and I had to put on sackcloth and ashes every time I watched it. <laughs> not kidding with you. I had to come to church and kneel down at the altar and pray. I felt so bad, but then I kept watching it. 
So I was clearly caught in sin. We, we love to binge watch stuff, right? I mean, you get involved in something and it kind of sucks you in. And you're like, oh, what happens, to, what happens to the characters next? And, oh, he's about to fall off the cliff. And then commercial, right? And they keep you on the edge of your seat because you don't know what's going to happen next. And you get all caught up in this stuff. And, 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 and we're so busy with that, right? And then, and then we get caught up in scrolling and scrolling. And then we get caught up in, in playing games on our phones. And then we get caught up in all that stuff. And, and, and pretty soon, like, I don't know how many of you have ever been like watching reels on your phone and you look down and like an hour's gone by. You're like, oh my gosh, what just happened to that hour? Or you get in bed at night and I'm terrible about this. Like the last thing I sometimes think to do is open up version and do my Bible study for the day that we're doing together. Um, our reading plan that, we, that we've been going through all year long. Instead, I'm like watching a show or I'm scrolling through stupid videos. That are just there. Literally, it's like an hour of my life I'm never getting back. It, it's, as bad, it's like watching the Barbie movie. Like why? Right? I mean, just why? Uh, and don't tell me it was good because you're, you're lying again. You're just, you're all sinners this morning. Anyway, it's just a waste of our life. When we could be reading the Word of God, and I, listen, I, I keep hearing more and more, and I'm, I'm sure that Brian would resonate with this, that we don't, need to, we don't need to make people feel guilty at church. We need to make them feel good. We, we don't need to just constantly be hounding on everybody about how big a sinners they are and how bad they are, because you know what? You're not. We're saints that sin, and the truth is God has saved us. Somebody said to me, you know, I... I I just I want to go to church somewhere where I'm not pushed to do more. I just want to go somewhere where I can just be, where I don't have to. Somebody's not hounding me to do more. This is not the place for you, if that's you, by the way. Because we're going to push you. If I'm not pushing you, if Brian's not pushing you, we're not doing our job. If we're not pushing to grow, if we're not pushing to learn more, if we're not pushing to hear the Word of God, if you don't hear some passion coming out of us, then something's wrong and it's broken. Because we should want more from God. When you take a drink of living water, you want more of it. It's like the best Mountain Dew you've ever had. Right? It's like supercharged, supercharged, supercharged Mountain Dew. It's like that monster crap that Ethan drinks. It's going to kill him right? You just want more and more and more of it because you like the way it makes you feel. You like the energy it gives you. You like the passion it gives you. You like, man, it's so good. It's that caffeine uptick, right? But there's no downside to it when that caffeine uptick comes from the Word of God. There's no downside to it when the caffeine uptick comes from hearing the voice of God speak to you in a moment and say, go and do this, and you go and do it, and it's the best adrenaline high you've ever had because you just obeyed the God of the universe, he spoke to you. You're that important to him that he spoke to you. Guys, that's powerful stuff. I mean, that ought to get you moving. It ought to get you moving. And so when was the last time that we spent an hour in the presence of God? That sounds ridiculous. I mean, it kind of does. Like, seriously, an hour? You would just sit down for an hour and just read the Word of God and just be. That's a challenge. That's tough, and it shouldn't be. To hear that, we've got to slow our pace and shut out the noise. We've got to pause and listen and be still and know. Jesus said, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees, right? Don't be long and loud and impressive with your prayers. It's not about everybody else. Don't do that. Shut out everything else, and just come into my presence 
and speak, Lord. Now, I don't, I don't know if any of you have ever heard an audible voice of God. I haven't. I imagine it would sound a lot like Morgan Freeman if God spoke. I think that that's probably a fair, right? Um, in fact, has he, ever, I don't, has he ever actually narrated a Bible? I don't know that he ever. He should. If he hasn't, we should do a GoFundMe, and he really should, because I'm pretty sure that's what the voice of God sounds like. But to hear that isn't always that just, here I am. Like, wouldn't we love sometimes if he came to us in the burning bush like he did Moses? Like, why don't you still do that? Like, why can't I just be driving down the highway and there you are in a bush and I just pull over and you're talking? Like, why can't that happen? And maybe sometimes it still does. I have never heard that. But how, how might we hear? Well, the first thing is this, and we've said this before and I've said it a hundred times. This, right here. This is the voice of God. This is the Holy Spirit written and inspired to man word of God. If you don't hear the, the voice of God, then you're not in this. Because the only way we can recognize the voice of God is if we know who He is. We have to recognize it. And the only way to do that is to know who He is. And that's through His Word. Sometimes it's through a song. Sometimes it's through listening to worship. Sometimes it's through a friend. Sometimes it's through a coworker. Sometimes it's through our small group. But God wants to speak to us if we'll just listen to it. It's like being in the desert and finding water and you just look at it. Like I'm in the Mojave Desert and I'm thirsty and look, there's water. That's nice. And I just walk around it and die. Like I just, some, how stupid are we sometimes? Like we want the answers, but we're not willing to find them because we think that God should just somehow miraculously step in and go, let me take your hand and walk with you. Well, he will, but you have to put in the effort. We have to get into his word and listen to him. There's always circumstances that he speaks through as well. Stuff going on around us, right? An open door that happened for a job that we've been praying for. And the only way that job could have happened was because God opened that door. Or a door closed for a job. And it was a job we really wanted. And we've been praying about it. And the only way we know that God closed that door is because we heard him and he closed the door. Maybe you dated somebody. And he closed the door. And you look back at that door now and you're like, man, I'm glad that door closed because I see what that door looks like now. And he saved you from something. Man, that door could have been a bad door, right? Sometimes it's through us caring and just reaching out to somebody. Sometimes it's just acting when he tells us to act. But God is speaking. Are we listening? He speaks through his spirit. Direct to me. He speaks to me through that, through senses and promptings. And let me show you how that works. I don't know why I called you, but I just felt like I needed to. And the person on the other end of the line says, man, I needed to hear that right now. Or I don't know why. I'm just over here eating lunch, but I just feel like I need to just buy your lunch today. And you don't know where it came from. Don't know why, but I just, I just feel like I need to pray for you. And that could even happen in a quick trip. <laughs> you just might, man, somebody's having a bad day and you just sense it. You just see it. And you just, you know what? God bless you today. I just pray God be with you today. 
That's that boldness that comes from hearing. We can't be bold if we aren't listening. I don't know why, but I need to. That's the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, go, be bold, reach out. I was taught when I was growing up by my youth pastor this thing called spiritual breathing. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. The idea was that, and is, that as you breathe out, we sort of breathe out sin, right? We just kind of throw up all our stuff, and then we breathe back in God, whether that's through praying or through script, whatever, whatever, or worship, whatever. But we breathe out all the bad stuff. We breathe out all the sin. We breathe out all the contempt, and we breathe in the good stuff. Well, there's, a, there's an idea behind that as well for how we breathe in and pray for other people. So as we breathe in, we just ask God, hey, give me, just give me a name. Who do I need to pray for right now? And as we breathe that in, we say, Gina. God, I just pray for Gina right now. Jeremy. God, I just pray you'd be with Jeremy right now as we breathe out. And as we breathe in and, we, and God speak to us, God, Aaron, I just pray you'd be with Aaron right now, that you'd, you'd bless Aaron as you watch over her life. Amory, God, would you just be with my brother Amory? And as we do that, as we practice those things, as we put those disciplines into place, God will speak to us. God will speak to you when you ask him to. Speak, your servant is listening. Secondly, we need to be willing to do whatever God leads us to do. It's not a wish list of a babbling prayer. It's, God, where do you want me to go? Instead of demands on a blank sheet of paper, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me? What do you want me to do? Is there sin in my life? Is there impure motives? Is there, is there, is there things that I need to do? Don't give me too many because I can't handle that many, just the first couple, right? But, God, what do I need to do? Would you speak to me? Would you listen? It's interesting to me that as I've prayed these prayers the last couple of weeks to be bold and to listen, that my sensitivity is increased. As, as the band was getting ready for this morning, we just, literally nothing was working, all right? Larry's getting his bass back here, and there's this terrible buzz coming through the sound system, and Sarah's in-ear monitor box stops working, and Donnie's late, because he's always late. <laughs> pray for Donnie. Just pray for Donnie. He just, where is Donnie? Oh, you moved back. You didn't sit in the second row today. I warned you, didn't I? All this stuff's going on, and my first reaction as a guy who's been doing sound for a long time is just to jump on stuff. Guess what my last reaction was this morning when all that started happening? To pray. Like, should have been the first thing. Hey, moron, you're talking about listening to God this morning. Why don't you listen? Like, it's that hard to put into practice. And so we're running around up here. We're all trying to... Gus has got his guitar off. He's over here plugging stuff in and trying to fix all this stuff. And you have no idea what goes into this disaster that happens on Sunday mornings. And I finally said, you know what? God's going to do something awesome today because clearly Satan doesn't want any of this to happen. And that should have been my first inclination. Was, hey, guys, let's stop. Let's pray for a minute. Guess what happened after we prayed? Who knew? <laughs> 
just stop and pray, man. Like even, I, even as I'm prepping this up, like I, I have to be reminded that the first thing we do is to stop and pray. The first thing we do is to stop and say, God, clearly the enemy's on the move. Clearly you're doing something in your church. Clearly something's happening here and your spirit's here and, and we know that you're moving in people's lives, God. We've, we've seen people baptized and we see record numbers in life groups and we see people coming to you and we see amazing things happening. We see new people walking through our doors every week and we get the honor of guests. Guess what? God doesn't send you guests if you're not ready for them. We're honored when somebody walks through our doors. We're honored when the broken come in here and make the place dirty. We're, we're honored when that happens because if we're not a hospital, we're a country club, but the only way that happens is if we're walking in the center of God's will and we're listening to the still small voice of God when he says, listen to me, I need you to be bold. Or listen to me, I need you to shut up for a minute. Or listen to me, I need you to act. Or just stop and listen. Just stop and listen. And my last inclination standing here before you this morning was to pray. And our prayer was for every one of you that would walk through the doors this morning, as you were getting ready this morning. I don't know how many of you had a horrible time with your kids this morning. Never happened to me, but I feel it if you have. I mean, you know, I never got in fights with my wife on the way to church, ever. No, never happened. It was so bad one week. Kevin Themer will tell you, I had to get up and apologize like to my wife before I could preach. It was that bad, right? But our first inclination should be to do that. Our first inclination, just to be willing to listen. I'm going to skip that clip. Um, okay. When we ask him to speak, we have to give him the opportunity, and we have to listen. And the third thing is this, to be ready. Be ready when God speaks. To be still, to be willing, and then finally to be ready. When God speaks, be ready to do what he says and shows you to do. You don't know what that's going to be. The scariest prayer is, God, here I am, send me. What if he wants to send you somewhere you don't want to go? Like he did Jonah, right? We have to be willing to obey if we're going to pray these prayers, if we're going to be bold. When he spoke to Samuel and he said, I want you to go and speak to this priest. I want you to go confront him with his sin. I want you to go tell him that I'm going to pay him back, that I'm going to I'm going to come against everything that's happening because he won't stand up to his sons who are sinning because there's stuff going on and he's ignoring it. And Samuel is commanded to go speak, and he does. And he takes this message to him, and he tells him that judgment is coming. That's not an easy prayer to listen to. It's not an easy thing to fulfill. It never is. It can reveal something about ourselves. It may call us to do something that we're not qualified to do or that maybe we think we're not qualified to do. It may be that God is calling you to lead a small group next spring and you're just like, no flipping way. I couldn't possibly do that. It may be that God's calling you to go back to school. Maybe God's calling you to change careers. You're just uncomfortable, and you know that God wants you to do something. Maybe God's calling somebody here this morning into ministry, and you need to get prepped, and you need to go, and you need to go be a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist or a missionary to another country. God may be speaking that to you when you ask him. He's telling you to move, to reach out to your boss, and to say, you know, I just need to share this with you, To, to speak up when it's time to speak up, to be bold to forgive the unforgivable, to reconcile a relationship that you and your flesh have no desire to reconcile. 
And he says, I want you to go make this right. They're powerful and they're dangerous prayers that we pray. And God calls us to do that. Let's pray together. Father, we, um, recognize that it's hard to be still. It really is. And you know that because you know us. You know that it's hard for us just to sit and listen. It's even harder for us at times to be obedient. It's counterintuitive for us, Lord, to... um, to approach a problem and the first thing we do is pray. I think if we're honest, most of us would say that, yeah, I I finally prayed about it. Lord, I pray you'd remind us to be willing and be ready and to listen and that you would speak. It's dangerous when we pray these prayers because when we pray these prayers, we're really submitting to you and saying, God, we, we, want, we want to be real disciples of yours. And that's not easy or comfortable. So God, as we sit here in this moment and we're still, God, I pray you would speak. Lord, that you would speak to the thing that's blocking us from being obedient. God, that you would speak to a sin that we need to confess and that we need to repent of, that we need to turn away from, that we need to set at the foot of the cross and not pick up ever, ever again. Lord, maybe we can't hear you because there's a relationship that we need to make right. God, you made it really clear in your word to not come to the altar and worship until we have done our best to be right in our relationships with one another. God, there may be some healing and reconciliation that need to take place. There may be some trust issues that we have with you. Lord, we may be somebody who's sitting here this morning that church isn't our thing, but we're here. And God, we've been back and we've been back and we've been back, or maybe this is our first time, but God, we've been hurt in church or... We have a hard time even just calling on your name. God, in the stillness, speak. Call us to boldness. Call us to be a people and a church where revival breaks out because we're listening to you. Because we're reaching out. Because we're making relationships right. Because we're standing in the gap, Lord. that's you this morning and you just need to take a next step, I just want to encourage you that I'm here to pray with you. Brian's here. Sarah's here. Joe and Maria are right here on the front row. If you just need someone to speak life over you or you need prayer this morning, if you just sense God moving but you're not really sure how or why, but you know that you need to do something, You know there's a next step, a a trust that you need to take. 
I pray, I just ask you to come pray with us. You can fill out your connect card and let us know, but we want to pray with you. And I pray as we go this morning, Lord, that we would be bold people who speak and hear from your name. Because you live, we can face tomorrow. And we're thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen.